everybody, and welcome to... A Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition Live Play. I'm your friendly keeper, Jaso, and I'm joined by my friends. Who are you guys? I'm, uh, I'm Luke Gamble, and I will be playing the character Felix Kloster. My name is Kevin Winterfeld, and I am playing Joseph Soaring Eagle. My name is Bailey Arms. I'll be playing the character Tilly Savage. And I'm Sarah, and I will be playing Carrie Adams. Previously, on the pod. After finding a ragged page with a phone number at the white-tailed taxidermy shop, Felix and Tilly give it a try. After getting no response besides a dial tone, they decide to meet up with Joseph and Carrie at Heaven's Haven. Once there, Carrie goes to speak with Mio Kwani's aunt, Nakomis, bringing Joseph along to help translate. Meanwhile, Tilly is informed that her father wants to speak with her, so she goes to meet with him. Both Joseph and Carrie try their best to learn more about the case from Nakomis, but she seems unnerved and unwilling to open up to them. Searching her belongings, they find stick figures in the form of a spider and a human figure with horns. While trying to break her out of her shell, in a moment of clarity, she repeatedly warns Joseph of the Red and tells him to run. Tilly's father reveals that similar to her, he also has surreal dreams that tend to relate to the real world, and mentions that he's had dreams of her helping multiple people, most notably a woman with strawberry blonde hair, who Tilly doesn't seem to recognize. After asking her to continue helping those in need, including the unknown woman, she agrees to do what she can for them. Making little headway, Carrie decides to call it quits, but insists to the nearby nurse that they make sure Nokomis has no means of escape should she need to speak with her again. The nurse agrees and promises to keep her updated should anything of note happen. The Thunderbirds regroup in the lobby, where Felix recounts what happened at the taxidermy shop. He then hands over the scribbled slip of paper to Carrie, who tries her best to copy what's been written over to a separate notepad. She ends up applying too much pressure, however, shredding what's left, leaving only the number to go off of. Using a phone book nearby, they learn the number belongs to Gretchen, who Felix recognizes as an older woman who lives up in Shady Oaks. He also realizes that her house is one of the ones whose lights went out recently. Tilly, remembering her letter, asks the group if they want to grab food from the Luna Lounge before meeting at the town hall. Agreeing, Tilly and Carrie load up in one car, Felix and Joseph in the other. They then begin to head towards the lounge. What have you noticed? I Because we really didn't get a lot of information from Miozinga, and I'm kind of trying to get some more information on the whole dementia overall anyways, just to kind of figure out what's going on in this town, because it seems to be a kind of prominent thing going on. I wouldn't say, I really wouldn't put my dad in the same category as all the other people with dementia, and I'm, I'm not just saying that just because he's my dad, but he seems to be in his right mind most of the time. I mean, sometimes he's just a little lost. So what made you decide to put him there? Like, why not just, you know, keep him? He would wander out into the woods a little more often, and 
you know, to go running. His routine was running in the early morning before everyone was up, the sun was up. But he would never come back. It was just becoming a reoccurrence, and I couldn't stay home and watch him all the time with my work. He, uh, he needed to be watched because I was afraid that he was going to run into something or just not come back. Did he ever talk about anything in particular, or did he ever have any, like... Well, I mean, he would he would have dreams, and this is normal for him ever since I was small. We both would exchange dreams and stories. But he would always come back with... He would either be really quiet or just explain weird happenings, like what he's, what he's seen, what... Just random things, usually. Now, like, with the dreams and the stories, did any of that ever, like, what were were they, like, about? A lot of the time it was just about the Indian lore around here. We're big into myths and, you know, things like that. Did he ever have, it sounds like he had dreams and, like, possibly the events kind of came true? Well, me and my dad will take certain dreams that we have as signs. Not all the time, but they would signs for things that might happen so in a sense they might come true or something similar to it might happen and I mean just out of curiosity of course has he had anything about anything going on with all the weird stuff nothing oh wait yeah um so my dad told me today actually it's the reason why he wanted to get in contact with me that he had a dream that I was with Joe and a cop and a doctor and he said specifically I was helping a strawberry blonde lady and he wanted me to help her if I ever ran into her it's not saying that this will ever happen but I do think it's weird that he doesn't you know he doesn't know I'm hanging out with a cop or a doctor so for him to mention that it it might be a good sign to just keep in mind you wouldn't by any chance know any strawberry blonde ladies around here, would you? I was honestly about to ask you the same exact thing. I mean, I, I'm i not familiar with this area too much anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's someone to definitely look out for. Maybe Sheriff Grady or someone. Maybe a town meeting. Maybe somebody will look familiar. Maybe. Or fit that description. Hopefully. Are you superstitious at all, Carrie? I mean... Some, some weird stuff has been going on, and I, I, I'm not going to say I don't believe any of it. It's just, you know, I, obviously the more the more stuff I figure out, you know, maybe... But you don't think that we're all just crazy making it up, then? Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, there's obviously something going on. It's not a coincidence that, you know, the primary thing going on with, you know, a lot of the strange events and tying down to everything has to do a little bit with dementia and just a lot of weird events and that that thing, that elk thing that everybody keeps finding around, like, that's pretty weird to me. I think that it might be maybe something from the woods or something. It can't just be dementia. I agree. The girl found in the woods, you know, a lot of these other things just, you know, going on are kind of weird. Tying in with the woods and you know, Joe is a woodsman. You might want to ask him about if he's ever seen anything crazy in the woods. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, maybe. 
maybe if you buy him a drink or maybe get to know him. <sighs> maybe. Have you seen anything weird in the woods? Uh, personally, outside of my weird dreams, I can't say that I have. I don't usually go to the woods. I, it, I, I, I'm a, I really don't like the woods. If, if I'm with someone, maybe hiking on a trail in the daylight, I, I, I would go near them, in them, but I don't stay in the woods. Is there any reason why? They just, they, they have always given me a, uh, just maybe a illogical fear, like how some people are afraid of the dark. I, I just, I'm afraid of the woods. I feel you on that. In your dreams, do you ever, I know you said you kind of have something about the woods, like, does anything weird happen, like, with, with like, the way your dad's dreams are? She mentions, you're mentioning the dream you had about the, the small grave you found out in the woods? Yeah. So, yeah, she reveals to you, Carrie, who you did not tell her before, that she has had this dream where she went out back to the gravesite that Jake showed you. Okay. Hmm, that sounds a lot like the grave that Jake showed me when we went outside. Did you, have you ever seen it in person? No, I've never seen the grave that Jake showed you. What kind of grave, I mean, was it? Was somebody buried in that grave? Like, what What kind of grave was it? They said it was uh, white elk or something. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see, like, I didn't see the animal, obviously, so. Ah, uh, it's sad that some kind of magical creature such as a white elk would be buried in a crude grave like that, but. I'm just, um, I'm sitting in the car. I'm sort of. I have the the doll. Now I'm thinking it might be a doll of a Wendigo. Just in my hand, just sort of looking at it. It's been a long time since I've heard that story. Yeah, it seemed to shake you up. <sighs> Obviously, I mean, in all societies, really, but I mean, cannibalism is very, very looked down upon. Very taboo among our tribes, so... It was a story. These dark magics are not something that you fool around with. Hmm. Well, I mean, it was for a Halloween display, and clearly they, the family that Mayo belonged to, had a lot of association with this story, but I wouldn't let it weigh on your mind too much. It is, after all, just a superstition. Yeah, of course. I stare out the window. Can I stop by the bed and breakfast before we go to the lounge? Just to check on Bub? Let's say you guys all stop back at the ivory out. Right. I just, I gotta go check on Puck for a minute. I just gotta feed him and make sure now he's okay. It's been a lot of hours, and I'm sure he needs to be walked. It's about 
We'll, we'll meet you there, Carrie. So you guys go ahead and start making your way towards the Luna Lounge. Carrie enters the Ivory Elk Bed and Breakfast. As she walks through the door, she notices that Fawn is at the top of the stairs. And she's knelt over, and you see Bubby there. As you look, you see that Bubby is not hurt or anything. In fact, he has a happy look on his face as he's being pet by Fawn. Normally, this isn't anything special, but you know that Bubby, from being a retired police dog, doesn't really take to a lot of people. Uh, Fawn notices after she hears you open the door. She says, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He, he was barking really loudly. I thought, you know, maybe he needed to go outside or something. I, I didn't take him outside. I just I just wanted to make sure he was okay. I, I wasn't sure if he was getting cramped up in that room. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Miss Adams. It's, it's nothing. It's fine. I just worry about my bub. That's all. I, I was too. I just wanted to check on him. He was barking very loudly. Yeah, I mean, if he's barking, obviously, you know, I would expect someone... I would I would prefer someone to check on Fawn begins to kind of head down the stairs, forgetting for a second that she should probably take Bubby back to the room, but Bubby follows closely behind Fawn. Did you give him any food or anything? Uh, no, I... <laughs> I guess I've just always been an animal person. I mentioned I was trying to be a vet at one point. I love animals. Okay, well, I'm gonna go grab his leash, I guess, and take him out. Okay, sure. You, uh, grab the leash. Did you want dinner or anything like that? Fawn says. Where's everybody else? I don't- no, sorry, no, Fawn, I'm good. I'm good, I yell. Okay. Well, if you need any help or anything, like I said, I'm not terribly busy here. There are a couple tenants out at the Strip, but... Otherwise, it's just us, so if you ever need my help, I'm I'm glad to give it. Uh, what happened with Jake? He's just being held you know, just for a couple days, just so we figure out what's going on. Her kind of smile disappears, but she kind of nods. She's a bit sullen, but it seems like she understands. I hope, I hope he's telling the truth. I mean, I, I mean, he seemed very honest. I don't, I mean, you know, I, I've done this a lot. I, I think, I, I didn't think he did anything too bad, but you know, we just got to check the girl and make sure she wasn't actually shot. His parents, they were bad alcoholics. I, I've known Jake for a long time and he's always battled against his, he always says he stopped, but it's difficult for himself, you know. I always told him he should go to some type of meeting or something like that. I mean, I totally agree with you. Maybe, you know, just being locked up for a couple days, even that, could just, you know, help him out even in that. I, I hope so, Miss Adams. So I'm going to go upstairs and just grab the leash and try to go walk Bub, especially to get Bub away from her. Okay. He kind of follows you out with a leash. As Bubby's sniffing around outside, you notice that he has a particular interest with wanting to forcefully pull your leash towards the woods. 
I mean, I have my gun on me. And my maze. Let's go. The sun, at this point, is almost touching the horizon. So you are, with it being fairly dark, start to head towards the tree line. Bubby pulls the leash. He is doing this thing where he is adamant about pulling you towards the woods. He begins pulling you towards the tree line and let's say at about 15 yards out he begins to bark violently. Do I have any sort of flashlight or anything on me? You've got a keychain flashlight. You pull your keychain flashlight out. It's not just like, it's not a shitty like duck shaped keychain that lights like two feet in front of you though. This is a light that provides a fairly ample amount of light to let you at least kind of see into the forest. As you scan the tree line, Bubby is continuing to bark adamantly. And as you move your flashlight across the tree line, you don't have a extremely good recollection because this place is, you know, a place that you've been at for a day or so. But something is strange. It seems like something is out of place, almost as if the trees have changed positions or something. There's just something unsettling about what you see at this tree line. As you continue looking, Bubby suddenly stops barking and backs up a bit and lifts up his front paw almost as if he's kind of scared of something. I grab for my gun. Okay. It's okay, bub. I just go to the bathroom. You hear Bubby whimpering. Shout. Is anybody there? There's something strange here, Carrie. It almost seemed as if one of the smaller trees shifted or moved a little bit. I would shine my flashlight at whatever area that is. As you shine your flashlight at this area, you see it looks like a tree here. It's about 10 feet high. You can't really see any of the branches in the middle. It just seems like almost a bush where it's kind of covered all around. You can't really see inside, but it's definitely a tree. And you see sort of matted leaves and stuff there. I go, I go closer to it. As you begin to walk towards it, though, Bubby is pulling on your leash away from it. And he begins barking again. <laughs> Look, Bub, we've been here before. There's nothing out here. What could get us? And I just keep walking towards it. Is everything okay? <sighs> Fine. You see that she has an umbrella in her hands, and uh, she's, she's kind of at the base of the stairs here. Fawn, can you come here for a second? Yeah, sure. I, I I heard Bubby barking. What's up? I don't know. I think there's something out here. And I know you were talking about your white elk and everything before. And Jake, you know, 
was like living out here? Was anybody else living out here? She sees that you have this flashlight in your hand and she asked to borrow it so she can kind of scan the tree line as well. Fawn looks very uneasy. Are you okay? I... Is this a joke? What? Something's going on here. These trees aren't in the, the right place or something. <coughs> Bubby is just violently barking and pulling on your leash away. I think we should maybe listen to him, she says. I mean, the trees can't move, so... I, it, there's no fucking, like, we're... It's the rain or something. Why don't we just go look a little bit and see what the fuck is going on? You want me to go? With me? I have a gun. What what could possibly hurt us? I have a I have a gun. Fawn looks very scared, but she almost files behind you. As you are talking to Fawn saying this, Bubby pulls free from your grip. As you watch, he bolts not towards the woods but away from it he looks like he's running back towards the strip he'll be fine you guys hear the crunching of branches as if something is moving in the forest and as you turn back to look that same tree that you were looking at is now closer to you than it was before maybe by a couple feet I shoot at the tree Carrie pulls out a Beretta M9 from the leather kind of strap that holds it in, concealed underneath her coat that goes over it. She points it at the shrubbery and fires a shot. You don't hit it dead on. It seems to clip the side of it. You see leaves spray out from the back as the bullet seems to go right through. The shot is very loud and you hear Fawn scream and begin running away from you. This tree has not moved at all since then. Bubby is still running now past the strip. He's not stopping. Fuck. I go chase after Bubby. You begin chasing Bubby. Fawn is trying to catch him too because she's worried about him. As you guys race towards him, he's just making a beat towards the other end. But you know from the map of the ivory elk that it is almost set within the forest. So Bubby is running to the opposite side of the forest. As you're running, it's definitely, it's raining. You feel your feet slide as you slip and fall headfirst into the pavement. dangerous to go into the forest alone. That's why coming up next on 69.9, The, the touch. touch. It's over now with Horror Girl.
almost black out for a second. And you can feel a stinging pain from your forehead from where you fell. As you look up and your senses come back to you, you see that Fawn, seeing that you are racing at Bubby with all that you have, did the same. And she's now calling out to Bubby. And Bubby is stopped and looking at her. And he looks scared, but she is yelling his name. Bubby! Come on, come on, boy! Bubby! And as you watch, Bubby slowly makes his way back towards Fawn. And she turns and sees that you have pummeled into the pavement and seems distressed and grabs Bubby's leash and comes over. Miss Adams, are you okay? Come on, let's get inside. Please, let's get inside. Yeah, let's go back to the house. Okay, so you and Fawn make your way back up the stairs and into the interior of the ivory elk. It's not very busy right now. In fact, it looks like there are just maybe a couple people in one of the corners, another single person kind of sitting somewhere in the middle. As Tilly looks around, well, and Joseph too, really. You guys are both used to the place. You see Rebecca, who is kind of the young waitress slash bartender now, is up at the bar. She waves you guys down when she notices that it's you, Tilly and Joseph, coming in. Hey, what's up, guys? It's not very busy right now. We're actually kind of going to close a little earlier so we could all make it to the town hall. What Were you wanting to grab a quick bite? Go ahead and give me a cold one. I'm going to... I'll, I'll just relax a little bit before we go anywhere else. Uh, yeah, sure. Ben is still here. I'm sure he won't mind making you guys something real quick. Uh, of course, you guys can come in here whenever, so... I'll, uh... Hey, Ben! Ben, give me some menus! She kind of walks towards the back. She comes back with some menus and hands them out. What's, uh, something simple, like a salad or something that's, like, Super easy and wouldn't be a burden for them to make. What, you don't want a nice house special hamburger? A little heavy for this late in the evening. I'm getting a burger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm gonna take a house special hamburger, please. I knew you would, Tilly. She kind of smiles and... Hey, Ben! You know what they want. And the doctor wants a salad. Make, make, a, make an extra oh, one, Ben. To go. You hear, like, a grunt coming from the back. You know that's Ben. He's kind of heavier set guy. He always grunts. Thanks, Benny. <laughs> Burger's gonna be good. It's not as good as one I made. Why is Kay not alive? Let me call the... I'm gonna use the phone and I can call the, the inn. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's seven now. Hi, Fawn. Oh, Tilly, is that you? Hey, is uh, Carrie still there? Yeah, she's here. Something bad has happened. On the other end of the line, Carrie, as she says this, she looks to you. She almost looks unsure what to say because of the fact that this is your case. I'm just going to let you talk to Miss Adams, okay? And she kind of hands the phone Uh, towards you, Carrie. It's Tilly. Look, Tilly, 
I don't. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Carrie. Carrie, what happened? There were some trees, and I mean, I'm not fucking going crazy here. Did Did you go in the woods? I would never go in the fucking what? woods. So there. Fawn was with me. She saw it. The tree, the trees moved, like they moved physically. Moved. I saw them, and then Puck was like barking, and he got scared, and he ran and got out of my grasp, and I just, I just slipped and fell. That was all. As you're saying this, Fawn, after handing the phone to you, is now looking out the windows. And you can kind of tell that she's trying to see if she can see whatever that was out there. And she's moving from window to window. It looks like she is not able to maybe see whatever was there. Fawn, get away from the windows. Are, are they there? Are they still I don't, there? I don't, I'm not sure. Look, I, I have no idea what's going on. And... Bubby is licking her hand. Thank you, Bubby. I don't... I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I... I swear on my life, I would never believe this normally, but I saw it with my own two eyes. The trees moved. So you weren't in the woods. You're just by some trees, and they moved. And Fawn saw them too. Like it's not just, it's not just me here. Fawn saw them move. Yes, it, it was from the tree line. They I, be- were- I believe you. I believe you. It's all right. So they came from the woods. And even like even when we went outside it was different. Like it wasn't it didn't even look the same as it did before. I don't know what is going on here. Something weird's going on. I don't like it. I'm I'm telling you, it's something with the woods. It's, it's something that's in a sense unexplainable. Yeah, it's... and I really don't feel I mean, I I don't Fawn's not really seeing anything outside, but I really don't feel comfortable. Can I please go check again, please? Sure, fine. She stops biting her nails and goes back to trying to see if she can spot it. Listen, lock all the doors. I'm leaving. I'm not staying Don't here. Go like this. Like, are we joking? I'm not staying in this place where I just saw. Carrie, no, no one, no one is really in any kind of safe place here. I mean. But maybe that lady was right. Maybe we all should be running. Like, do we do we not understand this? You know, I'm glad she talked me into this burger. It's... Tilly would look at them both as well, like, something happened. Like, something isn't good. <sighs> well, first of all, there's still a town hall meeting. I don't think anybody there could explain any of this, but maybe it'll just feel nice to be around a whole bunch of people all at once versus being in this shithole. Yeah, that... Carrie, maybe you can ask... Ask people what they've been experiencing, and maybe you can get some yeah, more answers. Yeah, I'm. As, I am leaving this place right now, and I am. Take take Fawn. Yeah, with we're you, all please. going. Bubby, me, and Fawn. All right. Okay. I don't want to go. Well, then Fawn, you stay here and fucking get murdered by trees. No, I, that's no, fine. take Fawn with you. Don't leave Fawn. Don't she doesn't want to come with me. Like, what do you want me to give, do? Give she doesn't want phone. to. Give, give me fine. I get Fawn the phone. Fawn. Yes, yes. Look, I don't I don't know what we saw. I, I can't see anything out there now. Something was weird and it was like moving. Darling, I don't want you staying there alone. Please go with Carrie. 
Carrie, where are we going to go? We're just going to go to the town hall meeting. You should be there anyways. But we're going to stay here, right? I mean, yeah, we're going to see. I mean, you guys, I don't know what I'm doing yet. This is creeping me out. Look, maybe we should have the doctor look at your head. I mean, that's why I need to go to the town hall meeting anyways. I just slipped a little bit. It's it's fine. I what do you say? I'm a police officer. It's not the first time I've fallen. Are you hurt? Not like too bad. Alright. Yeah, maybe we should just Yeah, maybe we should just get our minds off of it. I don't understand what happened out there. Let's have the doctor look at your head. Maybe he can make more sense of Sure, and I need some And Joseph, too. Hey, give me the phone. Again. Tilly, look, we'll be there as fast as we can get there, and we'll meet you guys guys there. I can get a salad. Oh, can you get her, can you order her a salad so everything's ready by the time we get there? We'll get there, we'll eat. I gotta bring Bubby, and is it, like, is anybody gonna freak out? Um, well, no, I mean, he can... Okay. Good. And then we'll go to the town hall meeting or whatever. That sounds like a plan for now. I mean, there's there's not too much we can do at this moment. All right. I'll see you guys soon. All right. Fawn comes back with, you know, those little almost like medical things that you can kind of just dab and clean wounds and stuff like that. It's for animals, but if you want to maybe have me just try to clean it up for you a little bit? Of course, Vaughn. You were going to be, like, a a doctor or whatever. Sure. Well, you're not an animal, but I can still try. I'd probably be better off fixing up Bobby, she says as she opens her little, like, plastic medical box. Perfect. She is able to... brings you over to the sink and rinses it in water and, uh, still stings, obviously, fairly badly, but as you look in the mirror from maybe a bathroom or something, you notice it. She's done a fairly good job of Helping you out. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm ready to go when Let's you are. Make sure you lock the door. Okay. All of them. Yeah, definitely. She says. Uh, okay, so you guys start heading out. She locks the door behind you. Make a spot hidden as you head down the stairs. Carrie thoroughly scans the tree line, even though it's somewhat dark. And both you and Fawn, but especially you, Carrie, from uh, your history and your profession, notice that whatever that was, whatever it was shifting and moving, it's not there anymore. And you guys kind of hurriedly make a beeline to your uh, vehicle. I assume we would ask Tilly what happened. Yeah, Tilly would calmly sit down, start eating a burger, and tell them what happened. Uh, Alright, alright. I'm sure all this talk about myths and wendingos and whatnot has everybody a little on edge here, but... That... there's gotta be more to it. It just... doesn't it strike you odd? It's odd because it's coincidental. It's... 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 It's, it's our mind playing tricks on us. Let me tell you, when I left my apartment, all of this strange news that the sheriff brought me, it, it had me a little unnerved, but as soon as I got a chance to settle down and clear my head, everything was fine. Listen, and just to prove it to you, we'll go back to my old apartment to- er, tomorrow. 
So, so your whole, in, your entire time here, nothing strange has ever happened. You've not been afraid of not one thing. I have rational fears like any human does. I, I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell you. It, it's, it, there's a scientific explanation for every deep-seated human fear. I don't know, Doc. I've seen things that science cannot explain. Magic exists. Well, it's a matter of limited understanding, you see. Uh, a wiser man than I once said that technological advancement and magic are ultimately indistinguishable. I'm sure Carrie is just a little nervous, is all. Fawn saw it too. I, I, I mean, I'm sure with the dog barking and everything, they were both just a little on edge. May, I mean, it's been raining heavily. Who are we to say that a tree f didn't fall farther on into the forest and their mind wasn't just playing tricks on them? Or an animal seeking shelter in the in the wood line? Hmm. I mean, think think about it. It's very logical. It, when when it rains, the trees become heavier from the. The, from the from the water, perhaps a branch fell, something like that. Well, you could you could be right, Doc. I have a feeling I am in this case. I, of course, of course, we I'll, we could break it to carry a little easier than that. This is a stressful time for everyone. Looking into disappearances and all manner of superstitious nonsense. Mm. But the important thing to remember here is that we are looking for a missing person, not a monster or a creepy tree. You're right. No one ever looks for the magics in the woods. So he takes the last few bites of his burger, then. Tilly is going to leave a tip for Benny. Take her beer, which she hasn't opened. You sure you don't mind closing up shop, Tilly? Oh, no, I do it all the time. I don't mind. Okay, she very uh, easily hands over the big chain of keys. Ben! We're done! Tilly is going to head towards the back of the lounge. There is back parking. It's like a, a strip of walkway that leads out to some back parking. So in my letter, there is specifically says meet in the back, but I know around about what that means. She's just gonna take the keys and kind of I don't know, look around, lock up kind of thing. So you're walking out back then, it looks like you're probably maybe closing up the back end at least. Yes. Rebecca and Ben wave at you guys as they leave out through the front. You guys notice that Tilly walks off, but she has the, the keys in her hand, and this was just after saying that she can close the place up herself. Tilly, you walk out back. It's a thin alleyway. There is sort of an open space for some back-end parking for the employees. Ben and, and them were parked up front this time. There aren't many cars there, really. Maybe one car that you're not familiar with. But there, there's a couple other businesses around here. As Tilly looks around, she doesn't notice anybody or anything strange. But as she's scanning the area... Even though she kind of looked everywhere, she hears a voice from behind her say, You're early.
to be continued next time on The Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find me on Twitter at JSOCorp. My name is Sarah. I play Carrie Adam. If you want to follow me, I have a Twitter, Gorebeard, and that's spelled G-O-R, the number 3, B-E-A-R-D. And if you want to talk to me, you can always hit me up on Twitter at ThePineJoseph. If you like what you heard, give us some feedback on iTunes or a thumbing on Facebook under Pine Podcast. Stay tuned with the latest news or download fun interactive material like the Harmony Glade map or welcome guide at our website, pinepodcast.com. Big thanks to Dance with the Dead for letting us use their song Quietly Into the Night as our intro music. Check them out at soundcloud.com slash dancewiththedead, as well as accompanying episode music in the podcast info. See you guys next time.